Welcome to Strange Talk. Is Michael Shermer in Denver? Good morning, Professor Shermer. Good morning. What? How did you get interested in all these conspiracies from 9/11? Well, I'm the publisher of Skeptic Magazine and uh, a columnist for Scientific Trade American. Center, both of which collapsed shortly after. Now, this much we know for sure, but for some. The cause of the collapse is not as clear. Michael T. Donnelly is part of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth and says that there's no way the twin towers, that a plane could have destroyed... They appear to have fallen immediately as you would have buildings fall in a demolition. We've seen that on TV many times. Uh, a fire would not cause the buildings to collapse that way. Moreover, the, no steel building, as far as we know, has ever burned because of a, a fire. Hey strangers, welcome to Strange Talk. In this episode, we're going to be going over part two to 9-11, the conspiracies. After the events of 9-11, people were all worried and concerned about the future and the state of mind that most Americans were in after and the day of. It seems we were still healing and feared for what could come next, if anything at all. In this episode, I'm going to be going over a few conspiracy theories that emerged after the 9-11 attacks. One even emerged six hours after the events of that same day. I'll be going over the various conspiracies out there regarding 9-11, and I'll go into great detail after I describe all of them. So, let's get to it. Since the attacks, a variety of conspiracy theories have been put forward in websites, books, and even films. Many groups and individuals advocating 9-11 conspiracy theories identified as a part of the 9-11 truth movement. Within six hours of the attack, a suggestion appeared on the internet chat room suggesting that the collapse of the towers looked like an attack of controlled demolition. If in a few days, not one official has mentioned anything about the controlled demolition part, the author wrote, I think we would really have a serious problem. The first theories that emerged focused primarily on various perceived anomalies in the public available evidence, and proponents later developed more specific theories about an alleged plot. One false allegation that was widely circulated by email and on the web is that not a single Jew had been killed in the attack, and that therefore the attacks must have been the work of the Mossad, not Islamic terrorists. Similar email narratives claimed that all Arab taxi drivers were absent in downtown Manhattan that morning. The first elaborate theories appeared in Europe, one week after the attacks. The inside job theory was the subject of a thesis by a researcher from the French National Center for Scientific Research published in Le Monde. Other theories sprang from the far corners of the globe within weeks. Six months after the attacks, Thierry Messane, piece on 9-11's Le Efrombia Impostia topped the French bestseller list. Its publication in English as 9-11 The Big Lie received little attention, but it remains one of the principal sources for truthism. 2003 saw the publication of the CIA in September 11th by former German state minister Andreas von Bulow and Operation 9-11 by the German journalist Gerard Wineski. Both books are published by Mathis Brookers who was at the time an editor at the German newspaper Die Tankstam. While these theories were popular in Europe, they were treated by the U.S. media with 
either bafflement or amusement, and they were dismissed by the U.S. government as a product of anti-Americanism. In an address to the United Nations on November 10, 2001, President George W. Bush denounced the emergence of outrageous conspiracy theories. That attempt to shift the blame away from the terrorists themselves, away from the guilty. The 9-11 conspiracy theories started out mostly in the political left, but have broadened into what New York Magazine describes as a terra incognita, where left and right meet, fusing 60s counterculture distrust with the don't tread on, on me variety. By 2004, conspiracy theories about the September 11 attacks began to gain ground in the United States. One explanation is that the rise in popularity stemmed more from growing criticism of the Iraq War and the newly re-elected President George W. Bush than from any discovery of new or more compelling evidence or an improvement in the technical quality of the presentation of the theories. Knight Rider News theorized that revelations that weapons of mass destruction did not exist in Iraq. The belated release of the President's daily brief of August 6, 2001 and reports that NORAD had lied to the 9-11 Commission, may have fueled the conspiracy theories. Between 2004 and the 5th anniversary of the September 11th attacks in 2006, mainstream coverage of the conspiracy theories increased. The U.S. government issued a formal analysis by the National Institute of Standards and Technology of the collapse of the World Trade Center. To address the growing publicity of the theories, the State Department revised a webpage in 2006 to debunk them. A 2006 National Security Strategy paper declared that terrorism springs from subcultures of conspiracy and misinformation, and that terrorists recruit more effectively from populations whose information about the world is contaminated by falsehoods and corrupted by conspiracy theories. The distortions keep alive grievances and filter out facts that would challenge popular prejudices and self-serving propaganda. Al-Qaeda has repeatedly claimed responsibility for the attacks, with Chief Deputy Ayman al-Zawari accusing Shia Iran and Hibala of degenerating sunny successes in hurting America by intentionally starting rumors that Israel carried out the attacks. Some of the conspiracy theories about the September 11 attacks do not involve representational strategies typical of many conspiracy theories that establish a clear dichotomy between good and evil, or guilty and innocent. Instead, they call up gradations of negligence and complicity. Mathis Brockers, an early prominent of such theories, dismisses the commonly accepted account of the September 11 attacks being itself a conspiracy theory that seeks to reduce complexity and disentangle what is confusing and explain the inexplicable. Just before the fifth anniversary of the attacks, mainstream news outlets released a flurry of articles on the growth of 9-11 conspiracy theories, with an article in Time stating that it is his is not a fringe phenomenon. It is a mainstream political reality. Several surveys have included questions about beliefs related to the September 11 attacks. In 2008, 9-11 conspiracy theories topped a greatest conspiracy theory list compiled by the Daily Telegraph. The list was ranked by following in traction. In 2010, the International Center for 9-11 Studies, a private organization that is said to be sympathetic to conspiracy theories, successfully sued for the release of videos collected by NIST of the attacks in Aftermath. 
According to the German daily Frankfurter, Allgemeine Zittung, the videos that were published shortly before the ninth anniversary of the attacks provided new food for conspiracy theorists. Many of the videos show images of seven World Trade Center, a skyscraper in the vicinity of the World Trade Center towers that also collapsed on September 11, 2001. Eyewitnesses have repeatedly reported explosions happening before the collapse of both of the towers, while experts consider these theories to be unreasonable. 9-11 truth figures Stephen E. Jones and Mike Berger have further added that the death of Osama bin Laden did not change their questions about the attacks, nor provide closure. According to writer Jeremy Stahl, since Bush left office, the overall number of believers in 9-11 conspiracy theories have dipped, while the number of people who believe in the most radical theories has held fairly steady. So now, let's go more in-depth into the conspiracy theories. The number one being foreknowledge. Conspiracy theorists claim that action or inaction by U.S. officials with foreknowledge was intended to ensure that the attacks took place successfully. For example, Michael Murcher, former British Environment Minister and member of Tony Blair's cabinet, said that the United States knowingly failed to prevent the attacks. This has been pretty much a number one conspiracy theory that someone or all inside the government knew that the attacks were going to happen. And yet they chose to do nothing because they used it sickeningly as a way to guide people into starting a war. That has been a number one. Suspected insider trading would be number two. Some conspiracy theories maintain that just before 9-11, an extraordinary amount of put options were placed on United Airlines and American Airlines stocks and speculate that insiders may have known in advance of the coming events of 9-11 and placed their bets accordingly. An analyst into the possibility of insider trading on 9-11 concludes that. A measure of abnormal long put volume was also examined and seen to be abnormally high levels in the days leading up to the attacks. Consequently, the paper concludes that there is evidence of unusual option market activity in the days leading up to September 11th that is consistent with investors trading on advanced knowledge of the attacks. That was published in the Journal of Business. The third theory is air defense stand-down theory. A common claim among conspiracy theorists is that the North American Aerospace Defense Command, also known as NORAD, issued a stand-down order or deliberately scrambled fighters late to allow the hijacked airplanes to reach their targets without interference. According to this theory, NORAD had the capability of locating and intercepting planes on 9-11, and its failure to do so indicates a government conspiracy to allow the attacks to con concur. I'm sorry, uncur. Conspiracy theorist Mark R. Ellis says, there's only one explanation for this. Our Air Force was ordered to stand down on 9-11. One of the first actions taken by the hijackers on 9-11 was to turn off or disable each of the four aircraft's onboard transponders. Without these transponder signals to identify the airplane's tail number, altitude, and speed, the hijacked airplanes would have been only blips among 4,500 other blips on NORAD's radar screens, making them very difficult to track. On 9-11, only 14 fighter jets were on an alert in the contagious 48 states. There was no automated method for the civilian air traffic controllers to alert NORAD. A passenger airline had not been hijacked in the U.S. since 1979. They had to pick up the phone and literally dial less, says Major Douglas Martin, public affairs officer for NORAD. Only one civilian plane, a chartered Learjet 35, with golfer Payne Stewart and five others on board, 
was intercepted by NORAD over North America in the decade prior to 9-11, which took one hour and 19 minutes. Now, the fourth one being the planes crashing and resulting fires caused the collapse of the World Trade Center. This has been a pretty common one as well. And it's been one that, unfortunately, because of our sense of humor in this day and age, became a meme where jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> now, I don't really want to go into super depth about it because it is very, very really scientific, not necessarily scientific, but the evidence that they put forth, well, a lot of conspiracy theories put forth. But to be honest with you, I feel like we spend enough time talking about the conspiracies. And now I just want to give my honest opinion of what I actually believe. I honestly believe that maybe not the president, maybe not the vice president, maybe the vice president. Because <laughs> I you know, but I honestly believe that they did have a little bit of foreknowledge that something was going to happen. They didn't know as to what extent it was going to be. And maybe they did let it happen because they didn't. And, you know, maybe they let it happen and they didn't think that people, this many people would lose their lives because it shouldn't be. Because that's what that's what's the sad part about it is that millions, like hundreds of thousands of people lost their lives. More than a thousand people lost their lives. Which is why 9-11 will always be a day we, we shall never forget. The images that were shown on TV, the pictures that we saw afterwards of the aftermath, the ground zero images we've seen, the, the pictures of firemen, the pictures of people digging through the rubble to find what little left there was of, of anybody. Those will always stay with me. But we shouldn't remember them as that. We should remember the people that lost their lives as the people that they once were. And my heart goes out to anybody and everybody that was affected by it. So thank you for listening to Strange Talk, this episode, part two, The Conspiracies. I know it got a little a little crazy with the facts and just getting everything done, but I hope you guys did enjoy the episode. Maybe you guys learned something that you didn't know about the crazy side of what people honestly believe. You might even find me a little crazy. But hey, you might be crazy enough to give me a follow. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram. So you can follow me at Strange Talk Podcast. You can send me a message about various topics you want me to discuss. Or if you want to just send me a story. I have a few stories that people have sent me. I kind of have fans and I'm actually surprised. So thank you to those kind people. If you want me to name you, go ahead and set, shoot me another message. And and uh, just tell me, yeah, say who I am. Because, you know, I, I, I want to respect people's privacy. But I appreciate the messages about when my father passed away. I appreciate the kind words that people sent me. But if you want me to talk about a certain topic, if there's an interesting topic you want me to talk about, go ahead and send me a message. You can you can find me on Instagram at Strange Podcast. You can also email me at Strange Pod at Strange Talk Podcast at Outlook.com. Also, I recently activated listener support. So if you want to go ahead and support me and keep this podcast going. All you have to do is just look for me at anchor.fm 
slash forward slash strange talk and you can donate help help the channel grow help me buy better equipment so as always stay strange